As we turn now to God's word, let us pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we give you thanks for this opportunity of worshipping you on your day. And we pray now that you'll bless us as we turn to your holy word. We pray that you instruct us, teach us, guide us and lead us in his teaching and in applying it to our lives and our living. Open our eyes, Lord, and behold wondrous things from your word. For Christ's sake. Amen. As I said a few moments ago, we're going to be focusing on these few verses from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. During this lockdown, it's been amazing to see the number of people who are out running around in the roads in the fresh air, and obviously keeping social distance. But this running has become a very much a popular leisure time activity in recent years. Many people indeed have made running not just a leisure time activity, but they've developed a career into it. Many people have become professional athletes and well-known, have uh, reached worldwide acclaim and achieved greatness in their running and athletics. We know many famous athletes down through years who have become well-known and achieved this through the activity of running. Now, to run in a race as an athlete obviously takes an awful lot of training, of coaching, sheer hard work, advice and tuition from those who have had previous experience over the years. People who are athletes seek to optimise their best fitness and even achieve better than they had in previous times. They perhaps undergo strict diets, uh, determination, patience, endurance, overcoming obstacles and even injuries, sacrificing time to get ready to take part in the race and to put their 100% and maximum effort into running the race and to running it and achieving the goal of victory. Determination and focus are very important parts of an athlete running a race, whether it's an amateur athlete or a professional athlete. But the end goal is to take part, do their very best, and to win the race. In the New Testament, there are several references to athletes and athletic imagery used, especially by Paul in his letters, where he encourages the churches he writes to and challenges them and to the Christians who are involved there. He uses pictorial imagery that the people could understand from their day (coughs) and generation. One of them is in Philippians, and this one here, by the writer unknown to us in the letter to the Hebrews, speaks about athletic terminology, and we'll be looking at that in a few moments. So we think about how important it is for an athlete to run a race, and how scripture here applies it. The race of life is what we run, the Christian race, but the two aren't two separate things. Being a Christian, and involved in the race of life should be married together, not two separate things. But we learn for the Christian life and Christian faith, we also learn how we can apply this to running the race of life as well. So the two questions I want to ask you at the beginning of the service is, how are you running the race and who are you running the race for? In this passage from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3, we pick up three thoughts. First of all, preparing to run the race. Secondly, running the race and the reward of the race. First of all, preparing 
to run the race. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So the first letters is, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. As I said, to run the race well, to continue and to develop ability and achievement of winning the goal, we need to prepare to run the race. There are lots of things, as I already mentioned, that are involved in preparing to run the race. But here in the Bible, it says about running the race of the Christian life. And very clearly, chapter 12 says, therefore, and that links in with the previous chapter, chapter 11, where we have the great hall of fame, as I call it, all the famous people who were involved in uh, serving God and following God. These are ordinary people, but yet their one main object in life was pleasing and serving God. Their focus upon was following God and his guidance. At the end of chapter 11 says, of all the list of people, these were all commended for their faith. So faith, trust in Christ and focus upon him is the key goal of living the Christian life and living daily life. In these verses in chapter 11, we come across some very important people whose influence by their life of faith is important to note for us today. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. And by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. So looking to someone from the past and their great life of faith, particularly in the Bible, Abel, an ordinary man, though dead, his example of faith in God or seeking to please God and serve God is an example for us as we prepare to run the race of life and the Christian faith. Abraham is mentioned here, the man who God called to go out from a place he lived in to an unknown place and he went out trusting God by faith. We, like Abraham, have to go face an unknown, uncertain future and we can face it by faith and trust in God. Hebrews 11 says, by faith Abraham, and called to go to a better place, he would rather later receive as an inheritance. He obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Abraham trusted in God, even though he did not go know where he was going. But although Abraham lived and journeyed to an unknown land that God would lead him to, the writer of the Hebrews says, Abraham primarily, principally, looked forward to going to be with God in heaven. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. That's a clear reference to Abraham's faith in God and looking forward to going to be with God in heaven one day. So I just mentioned these two people briefly in this, uh, <coughs> in this, <coughs> in this, in this, in this chapter. These people were people of faith. Moses was also a man of faith. And when we prepare to run the race, we have to set aside things. It says the sin that so easily entangles and everything that hinders us running the race. Moses says, gave up everything in the house of Egypt. He was a prince of Egypt. And yet it says he chose to give this all up, to suffer alongside the people of Israel who were in slavery. 
simply because he wanted to please God. He did not want to be caught up in the corruption and the sinful, pleasurable living of the house of Pharaoh. God was the key person and faith in God was the important thing that Moses sought to have in his life. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose rather to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded his grace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasure of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Moses' reward was to reach the promised land, but more importantly, to reach God in heaven one day. So these people were people who did prepare to run the race. They threw off everything that hindered them and the sin that so easily entangles. You know, sin can entangle our lives too, like ivy around a tree or a wall. It gets such a firm grip on it that you can just kill the tree or destroy the wall. So we are called to get rid of everything that hinders us or the sin that so easily entangles us. So we have to ask ourselves, what are the things, the sins in our lives that are entangling us and hindering us, giving a commitment to Christ and to following Christ every day in our lives? Pride, selfishness, material or secular living, perhaps envy, selfishness and greed, all these sins entangle us and can destroy our lives. So we need to look to the important things that are Christ and living for Christ, and not the things of this life that can easily entangle us and hinder us running the race. So as we prepare for the race, as the athlete will prepare for the race, they have to look at the things that are hindering them and to get rid of them, to put in training and preparation by getting rid of sin that's in our lives so that we can run the race. The second point we want to ponder upon this morning is the second let us in this passage. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. The race of life, indeed the Christian life, has a focus and an aim and a goal in it. So this second qualification is essential. We have to run with perseverance the race. Perseverance and keeping going in difficult circumstances is very important. Determination and perseverance are important key qualities in life. Very often in life we try to persevere or keep going in our own strength, but here the Bible reminds us it's in God's strength that we run the race of life and indeed the Christian life. Life's never easy. It has lots of tests, troubles, temptations, obstacles, and difficulties along the way. It's how we cope with them and deal with them. It's how we cope with and deal with this present situation that we're in, in the midst of that is key and important. People are perhaps getting impatient and tired over the length of lockdown, impatient desiring to get more freedom to do more things, to get more back to more normality of life. That's going to be some time we are aware of before it happens. But as in this situation, as in ordinary daily life, sometimes our patience is tried and we need to determine to trust more in God and in Christ to help us through and to build up this quality of perseverance, patience or endurance, whichever word you like to use. 
Paul in Romans chapter 5 spoke of being a Christian made right with God, freed from sin, having access to God and peace with God through Christ and of Christ's finished work on the cross, giving them all these things. But he said then, as they began to live out the Christian faith in the midst of trials and tribulations of suffering, of building their Christian character, becoming more Christ-like, he says, we also rejoice in our suffering because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because he's poured out his love for us into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given to us. So yes, Paul says, in life, and particularly in the Christian life, we're going to have suffering, but it's going to develop perseverance. It's going to develop our character, becoming more like Christ, and it's going to give us hope, certainty and assurance that as we trust in God and his provision for us in daily life and times of crisis, concern, fear, and uncertainty, God has poured out his love for us. He has given us Christ to live in our lives by faith, and he's given us the Holy Spirit to live in our lives, to guide and direct us. So Paul is saying, we need God. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives to guide and direct us to live our lives. Paul, writing to the Philippians, says he wasn't perfect, but one day he would be perfect, but he needed to work at his Christian faith. I press on to take hold of that which Christ has took hold of me. Paul looked forward as he pressed on like the athlete does with perseverance. He looked forward to the goal of reaching heaven and perfection in heaven one day. But in the meantime, he must work at and develop his Christian life and his Christian character. So how could he do that? How could he persevere? As I said, by relying and trusting in Christ for each day, spending time with Christ and with God. We can do that as we spend time in prayer. More importantly, as we t spend time in the Bible, because there we read, for example, these chapters 11 and 12. It helps us to understand what it means to live by faith. We can see these people who live by faith. And also uh, worship, spending time with God. Perhaps, as I said before, sitting down and listening to uh, Christian music maybe on a C CD or DVD or some other radio program. Premier Christian Radio, for example, provides Christian music and worship for us so we can spend time with God, so he can help us to develop our patience or our perseverance. The scriptures tell us, I waited patiently on the Lord, so we have to wait patiently in God's presence. God will develop Christ-like character, this character of perseverance so as we can continue and finish the race. An athlete has to have perseverance or endurance to keep going to win the race. And they only did that because of training, by spending time being coached and by learning how to persevere and keep going despite the obstacles that may come in front of them, overcoming perhaps injuries, persevering, keeping at it, keeping at their training, a strict regime, so we have to be determined and strict in spending time with God and with Christ, as I said, through prayer, Bible reading and worship. So we can 
run the race and like the athlete then, win the race. So we have to run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Whatever that race may be, we don't know in the race of life what's happening. But we know that God is in control and God is with us and God will develop the character and possibility of winning the race through enduring and trusting in him. The third point I want to reflect upon this morning from our passages, chapter 12 and verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The athlete to win the race must keep his focus on the finishing line, the goal to achieve his award, his reward for having persevered in the race, he focuses on the finishing line. Rather like the man who ploughs the field, whether in olden times it was by the tractor or today, or in olden times by the horse or modern times by the tractor, he must plough a straight furrow and he must keep his focus at the far end of the furrow that he's going to plough. Or the archer going out to shoot at a target the person who takes part in a shooting match, they focus on the bullseye at the centre of the target. They must aim directly and keep their focus on it to win again. So Jesus Christ is the example for us. Jesus Christ is the one we have to focus on and he is our example because he endured so much suffering and pain and agony for us on the cross. After he's arrested, how he was beaten, scourged, mocked and whipped, how he had a crown of thorns put on his head, the sheer physical, mental, emotional and spiritual suffering that Christ endured. He had the ultimate suffering above all suffering that ever we could think about on earth or ever have to endure. He is our greatest and best example. Jesus Christ had a clear aim why he came to this earth. And therefore, because he had that clear aim, he was able to endure the cross and endure the scorning and the shame. He was able to have joy knowing that he would achieve a goal, being back in heaven again. When he was on earth, he said about his aim for being here, Now is my heart troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Notice for this very hour I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. The hour of salvation has come and glorify me, Father, according to your will. In Garden of Gethsemane he prayed, Father, not my will, but yours be done. Yes, he desired that the cup would be possibly taken from him, but he desired to do God's will, not his will. He was very clear that when he would come to earth and die for our sins and for salvation, not only to glorify God the Father, by achieving his will and purpose, but also that he would draw all of us to our him and to our salvation that we can find in him. But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. Jesus' aim was to die for our sins and for our salvation, but his aim was that we would, seeing what he had suffered for us on the cross, knowing why he died there, turn and trust in him and put our faith and trust in him. When he cried, it is finished on the cross, and bowed his head and commended himself into God's hands. He had cried with victory, not defeat. 
he'd achieved the goal and purpose. So therefore, for us in life, when we endure much suffering and pain and agony, trials and tribulations in life, we have to look to Jesus Christ. Think about the example he was and what he endured for us. Paul, writing in Philippians, looked forward to persevering despite all his trials and his imprisonment and all that was going to happen to him, even death. He realised that he would receive a reward in heaven. I press on toward the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He said to Timothy as he finished his life, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. So Paul looked forward to the end of his life. He looked forward to his reward in heaven one day because he'd been faithful, because he'd persevered, because he endured. So when we stick with Christ, look to Jesus Christ through all the ups and downs, joys and sorrows of life, particularly the difficult times of life, the fears, uncertainties and concerns we have in our present day situation. Look to Jesus Christ because he endured far more, went through far more, but he understands our heartache, our concerns, our trials, our tribulations, our agony and our worry. Like Paul, who kept the faith, he looked forward to his reward, the crown of righteousness which the Lord would award him. And he said not only to him, but all who looked forward to the Lord's appearing again. Do we look forward to going to heaven? Do we look forward to finish this life and receiving a reward in heaven? Jesus received his reward and it was back in heaven again because it accomplished God's purpose. Do we seek to live for Christ? Do we fix our eyes on Jesus? Do we endure our suffering by trusting in him? Do we realise that he is with us and he will reward us and eternally reward us by faith and trust in him? It says we are to consider Jesus who endures his opposition so we don't grow weary and don't lose heart. We are to keep going. That's back to endurance again, isn't it? And perseverance. But as we trust in Jesus, keep our focus on him. Remember what he endured for us then it gives us strength and an example to live by when we are in the trials and difficulties of this life. After all, Jesus, it says in Hebrews, after he provided purification for sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So Jesus had achieved all for us and we can achieve all we need in this life when we trust in Jesus Christ and acknowledge him as such. One day, Paul says in his letter, that God had exalted him to heaven and one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of glory of the Father. So Jesus, the name above all names, is the one we are to look to, to trust in for this life and for all that lies ahead. So today, I want to put a challenge before you. Do we apply these three letters to our lives? Let us throw everything that hinders the sin that so easily entangles. Have we thrown off anything or anyone that's hindering us to run the race of the Christian life? 
Are we running with perseverance the Christian life? And are we fix, focusing our eyes on Jesus Christ? Let us throw off everything that hinders, the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race that marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. You know, in Bible times, when the athletes took place to partner race, they ran without any clothes on to maximise their ability to win the race. Today, Lycra, the lightest possible clothing is used by the athletes taking place, taking part in the race. So we too must throw off everything. We must run with perseverance. We must fix our eyes on Jesus Christ. So today, I ask you this, this question again. Are you running the race of the Christian life? Are you running it with faith and trust in Jesus Christ? Are you running the race of this life by faith and trust in Jesus Christ? He will give you strength and ability to run the race and to complete it and to win the prize with sure and certainty when we look to Jesus Christ, the author, perfecter of our faith. Let us pray. Gracious, loving Heavenly Father, we give you thanks that you have provided for us and for our salvation in the person of your only Son, Jesus Christ, who came into this world and shed his blood on the cross once for all for the forgiveness of our sins, who accomplished the goal and purpose of his coming into the world, our salvation. We thank you that you've provided him with a reward for his obedience to your will and purpose in his life. And we pray that you enable us to set aside anything that would entangle us or stop us coming to faith and trust in Jesus Christ, allowing nothing or no one to stop us trusting in Christ alone for our salvation. We pray that you would give us in daily life and for the Christian life your strength to persevere and to keep going, knowing that at the end of the day, as we focus on Jesus and trust in him as our Lord and Saviour, he will enable us to win the prize, to gain the victory place in heaven and see you face to face. In your name we pray. Amen.